That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Hello, everybody. This is part two of our discussion about The Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 10, The Rogue Bludger. So if you haven't listened to the first part that came out on Wednesday, what are you doing here? I don't know. Quickly, go back. Go. Go to it. And if you have done the listening, good job. A plus. Way to go. Buckle up, because here we go. I have a question, a Quidditch complication question. Do bludgers have a max cap on speed? Probably, yeah. Especially, okay, you know how like when your little brother is playing t-ball or whatever, none of you guys can relate to this. I don't think any of you have a little brother. I have two (laughs) little brothers. And when you go watch them play t-ball, it's on like a 15-foot square field, right? So I, I think that probably the... School regulation Quidditch balls are operating with safer magic restrictions than like the Quidditch World Cup is probably with lower speeds and they're not aiming to kill. They're only aiming to like maim you seriously maim though. Like they well, this, can break this one's them. haunted. It's not haunted. It's, it's, it's funnier, it's funnier to say it's haunted. <laughs> Imagine like a ghost. Who just like is haunting a bludger? <laughs> oh, Moaning Myrtle would. Moaning I, Myrtle I would. I was distraught. Moaning Myrtle would haunt a bludger to fuck people up to get revenge, and then she would haunt the snitch so someone would touch her right at the last moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Okay, um, okay. The Quidditch game starts. <laughs> uh. And right, like right away, it's very clear to us, the reader, and to Harry fucking Potter, the stupidest idiot in the world, that yes. this bludger is trying to murder him. It's not bludgers aren't supposed to follow you. They're kind of like magnets. If you're closer to them, if you're the closest player to them, they will like go to you. But they're not supposed to like seek and destroy, like a bomb, <laughs> right? From um Mario, I, I think that was a perfect analogy. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> And and so like I know every time I walk into a target, all the magnets swarm to me. <laughs> so Harry's like, "This is bad," and then it starts raining. Wow, I wear glasses. That's a nightmare. No one's gonna do anything mm. about that. That's not a handicap, I guess. Just I can't a spell, see. right? There's a spell that like there's a spell, but they nobody thinks to do it for a whole nother year. That's Next right. year, Hermione's like, "Here, let me help you." So you can yeah. see the Dementors coming, but it's like, how about the snitch I'm supposed to be trying to catch this whole time? It's so stupid, dude. Uh, and even in the movies, they like skip over that whole thing where Hermione finds the right spell and they just put them in goggles, which like, that's not better than glasses. Mm. I'm uh, sorry. The NBA in the 80s would beg to differ. No. Of Grant has your number. <laughs> what if, what if we're, what if we've been reading these books wrong the whole time? And what's really happening was when someone goes to Azkaban, they have uh, this mentorship program and the mentors <laughs> help these people rehabilitate 
but people are mishearing and they're like dementors and they're like yeah the mentors help dementors help out the prisoner <laughs> and they're like dementors suck your soul and it's like well that's not what i said but then it's like it's almost like telephone where it's like it gets back to the school and they're like here's what's happened is there's like these ghouls that suck your soul out what's and what's really happening is something really cool and beautiful Oh my it, God. it was a problem that they had the uh, the spokesperson for Azkaban. They chose someone with a Jamaican accent, which does not work mm. well when they're talking about <laughs> Dementors, man. So it's just like, it's really not mm. good. It's- oh my God. Now I'm picturing like this team of mentors who got like ring wraithed into like mm. <laughs> being Dementors, right? And they all wear like they all wear like um, monk robes that are black, and they're but then kids scream and run away from them, and are like, I just would I I thought I chose this like righteous path of like teaching others and helping and sharing my knowledge, but kids turn it. It's like when when there's a haunted house in a neighborhood, and everyone's like, someone died there, and it's like who, and it's like I don't know, but someone died. Oh, all Boo Radley. Boo Radley died. Oh no, no, he's he's haunted. <laughs> I once went to a really nice theme. There's a great cocktail theme bar in Christchurch, New Zealand called Boo Radley's and it's in an attic. Really? Ooh. That's so yep. cool. So on the first floor is Tequila Mockingbird, which That's is a classic. Yes, and then they ha- and then they have a secondary bar upstairs called Boo Radley's and it's all like southern themed, like US like southern food and stuff. So they oh, like, make funny. sweet tea and it's it's pretty bomb. They're like, oh, sugar, let's get diabetes. We're Americans. Can I have a <laughs> no. Schiffer robe on the rocks? Can I do <laughs> Can I do my Gregory Peck impression for everyone? Of course. Please. Please okay, do. Here we go. <clears throat> here we go. In three, two, one. Drum. Scowl. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Nailed it. Drum. Scowl. Okay, let me just. Okay, we need to get off the Tequila Mockingbird thing. But let me just say that Gregory Peck as Atticus is incredibly sexy okay he can fucking get it he can get it he can, <laughs> he can act sure. a werewolf on that ass and he's oh. like he's like lawful neutral which like that's what i like <laughs> <laughs> you have such a thing for dads in movies and a lawful neutral dad is the least exciting fuck i can possibly imagine Ooh, dress you up like a fake ham dress all my wife like a fake ham yeah <laughs> Tell my wife I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if any of y'all have met my husband, which Adel, you haven't, but Andrew and Brooke, you definitely have. Neutral as hell, okay? I like a neutral daddy, okay? <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> neutral um, daddy. Okay, yes, yes, we're in the game. Okay, and then like the bludger, it's getting him. It's getting him. It starts raining. Harry's glasses, it's chaos. He can't see anything. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Um, Fred and George, because they are the bludger monitors, mm-hmm. also known as beaters, they're like, this ain't right. And so they are like hovering around Harry, trying to protect him. Molly Weasley would be so proud. Uh, I was going to say, I think that's the only reason they were protecting him so much is both of them know that if Molly ever heard that they failed to protect Harry, it would not be cool. They would well, not oh, yeah. be okay. They've definitely come to Harry's defense before in other things, but especially now this is like a bludger issue and that is their specific responsibility on the Quidditch team. Are we all noticing that the bludger in this chapter is a stand-in for puberty? (laughs) How it incessantly comes for you 
And when it does happen, it's a painful night in the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Do you need to tell us something? The first time I had a boner, it was like it turned to stone. Like I looked at it through a camera and got turned to stone. And then you went to the hospital and the hospital said... They said, why are you here for a boner? And I said, my puberty is like the Chamber of Secrets. It's opened and it's been opened before. And it's about to fucking kill a girl. Mm-hmm. God, there's some kind of joke in here that has to do with a stoner. I'm not sure. Stone boner. Stoner. It's, I don't know. Figure it out uh, yourselves. Wow, Christina. <laughs> I don't know about stoner, but I do know that you could call both puberty and the situation that Harry's in a very hairy situation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and go now. Um, that's two off okay. podcast. Okay. Time out. I mean, Time we're out. already we're already playing this game with Oliver Wood. Let's just mm-hmm. bring Let's that just right. Wait, of wait for the record. Oh, we're for the beaters. Okay, hold on. Wait, wait <laughs> for the record. The actor who plays Oliver Wood. I will never not remind everyone of this. The actor's name is Sean Biggerstaff, and he is bald now. Can't find a bigger staff. <laughs> okay, timeout. 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 Okay. That's what Oliver Wood said when he called a timeout, which is the next thing that happens in this chapter. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Um, and then they're all chit-chatting. They're like, this bludger... They don't say what the bludger is doing while they are in a timeout. Well, and why isn't the bludger attacking Harry during the timeout? That's... Yes, that is... That's what I was driving at. Because even magic yeah. takes a break. I, but at, when the game ends in a couple minutes the bludger continues to try to murder harry so i don't fucking know they just if like the, if the bludger does represent puberty that explains like hooch is turning the other way because parents don't want to face puberty they're just like you'll figure it out and i'm gonna look <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh you got some stuff to process and when he there, when but... he finally catches oh my gosh and when he finally catches the snitch there's a spell that takes all his bones out so his 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 he goes limp and rubbery right Oof. he's achieved his goal Best he's ever done. I think Wood says best one yet. Yep. And then his arm goes limp because it's all done, right? Because he finished. Because he, he finished, finished the match. And then he has to regrow a bone, get aroused again. There's nothing I, sadder in the world than a tired penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite Dylan song. Afterwards, <laughs> afterwards, when the penis is just like, whew. <laughs> Ooh, that was a and, toughie. Yeah, and you see the penis smoke a little cigarette <laughs> yeah. and, and read a chapter of its book and say, you go ahead and go to bed. I'm going to stay up for a little bit. And finish. <laughs> Do you have a French penis saddle? Is that what you're trying to tell us? Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, okay. They're chit-chatting in the timeout. They're like, okay, what the are Slytherins these rules? are definitely cheating. Hmm? What are these rules that if they ask someone to look into this bludger situation, they have to forfeit the whole damn match? It definitely makes no fucking sense. Uh, just so y'all know, that's actually the rule with MMA too. Uh, if you, you can only do an instant replay in MMA if you finish the match. So for the judge to go back and like, look at the tape, it's the end of the match. I would argue that this is a different circumstance. Yeah. And I will say to my knowledge, I I will be, I will be honest and say, I haven't watched a ton of MMA. I don't believe Mm -hmm. there's timeouts in MMA, right? So the ref can call it and it has to be an injury timeout. So if the team, if this is a team sport and you can Mm -hmm. call timeout, it's more akin to basketball or football. And in basketball or football, if you're like, Hey, that, that, um, cornerback just stabbed me. 
they wouldn't say, listen, we'd love to investigate <laughs> if that quarterback stabbed you. But if we do, you lose the game. Like, or like, like this basketball is trying to murder me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. The rim keeps attacking me. <laughs> Which basketballs are hard. And when people throw them at your face, they hurt. Let me tell you from experience. Well, and actually, I, I'm, I'm not completely up to date 100% with football rules, but I'm pretty sure that you can't actually challenge that there was a foul committed on the previous play. You can't. You can only challenge yeah, can the only, previous ruling of a ref. Yeah, okay, or the spot of the ball. Let's put this in the context. Like, let's put this in. Like, we're we're coming up with a lot of analogies, but here's what it is: a high school student <laughs> is afraid to say that an inanimate object is trying to murder them, and sure. that's not right. Okay, they should. He should go to an adult. Like he should. If you see something. Many say other something. exactly. Mm-hmm. If you see something, say something. This blood you're trying to murder me. That's not like a. That's not like a, I feel like this punch hurt too hard or like I feel like this it's like it's like this bludger's trying to murder me, dude. That's not right. Yeah. Like one time I had a uh, when I was eight years old, a box of life cereal kept trying to kiss me. And I was <laughs> embarrassed the only one. And then one day my dad was like, What's going on here? And I was like, The cereal's trying to kiss me. And he's like, I wish you would have said something, and he just threw it he threw it away. And that was that. And he was he like, just say, forfeit the Quidditch game. <laughs> he, he didn't just say that's life. <laughs> uh, Honestly, I like Andrew. <laughs> Finally, someone understands. <laughs> so Lockhart does bad magic, no bones, no mo. Okay, wait, but we haven't even. He hasn't even gotten <laughs> no hurt bones, no mo. <laughs> he hasn't even gotten hurt yet. Okay, so well, he does like an upside down swing of a do. Yeah, yeah. So they they're in which, which is 1920s talk for dancing. <laughs> a swing of a doo and a swing of a da. Me and my darling tripped a light ma- fantastic and did an upside down swing of a do. <laughs> we went out so, to the town and had a on the old time. And when funny. we came back to Lindbergh, baby, it was gone. It's oh! fun. It's funny because I re- I recently started rewatching um the uh, Legend of Korra and you know how like the beginning like this is what you missed on Korra. It's like yep. it's like the fast talking radio video. Can I just say, every time I talk to Janet Varney, I freak out. I'm like, Cora, you're Cora! And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> such a great You're just so bad at us. Yeah. <laughs> show me what your muscles can do. That whole show, I'm just like, damn, this bitch's muscles. But they're animated. It's different. Um, okay, yeah. So th- the timeout ends with everyone deciding that it's worth risking Harry's life to possibly defeat the Slytherins. That's literally how it ends. And so they go back to flying again. No one notices. That the bludger is definitely like actively trying to kill him. Dramatic page turn. Harry sees the snitch hovering over Malfoy's ear, and in his hesitation, the bludger totally pounds him <laughs> in the elbow, which that is an important joint. Um, it's real- not an important joint, really quick. <laughs> like your ankle, or if he if he's flying and he got nailed in the ankle, he'll be fine. But like the elbow, it's like <laughs> it like affects your whole like hand dexterity. Spoken so. like sp- spoken like a true weed fanatic. That's an important <laughs> joint. Calm down, Christina. That's an important joint. You're clearly on drugs. Your pupils are dilated. Wow. I wish Harry had some weed later in this episode when no one thinks to give him painkillers. Uh, in this chapter slash episode. Um. Okay. So his right arm becomes useless. Quote useless. Um. And then Harry dive bombs. Fucking. Malfoy and Malfoy's like you're just trying to beat me up <laughs> or something but no Harry's trying to get a snitch that's hovering above your ear Malfoy has the reaction that every entitled rich white boy has when confronted with the slightest bit of adversity which is to go oh they're attacking me yeah 
Yep. Who, me? What did I possibly do? I want to see a broom fight. Like a real broom (laughs) fight. Like I want to see fisticuffs while they're trying to maintain balance on a very small piece of wood. Just take grip with the thighs. Brooke, what you just said is brilliant. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say they should recreate Greece with brooms. And they should have that pink slip uh, race. <laughs> on like, brooms. Let's, hey, let's race for pink slips. And then they get on brooms. <laughs> okay, Brooke, when you said broom fight, what I pictured was everyone getting off the pitch, picking up their brooms, <laughs> and starting to beat each other. <laughs> swack, swack. Or the, and there's also a broom in, in this uh, uh, reimagining of Greece. There's also a broom called uh, Pussy pussy Sweeping. <laughs> I Have you guys I seen would... Greece? Don't look at me like that. Have you seen Greece? <laughs> there's a car named Pussy Wagon. <laughs> I, my main question for your Grease remake is, do the brooms fly? The bro- or are no, they just no, the running are, around with them? On, no, the brooms are on four wheels. The brooms are on four wheels. They do have engines. Uh, so it's purely, rubber. it's purely aesthetic. It's purely aesthetic. <laughs> Broom TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sweepy? <laughs> oh, I'm so sweepy. I'm so Gotta sweepy. Gotta go to bed. Danny Zuko sweepy. So if you really just like hit someone Spiraling. upside the head with your broom, does that make it a clean sweep? 100%. All right. And you nailed it. That's the best joke we're going to get to in this bit. We have to move on. <laughs> okay. So Harry, Harry catches the fucking snitch. Okay. And he lands in the mud because he's fucked up and then he faints. Classic Harry move. Fainting. That boy fainting. loves to faint. Whether it's with an E or an A, he faints all the time. Wow, it's funny that you say that because I vividly remember that I learned the word faint with an E from reading this book series. In the Quidditch World Cup, they talk about the Ronsky faint, right? Mm -hmm. Like that move, Victor Crumb's move. And I was like, what's a faint? Is he fainting? No, different. So when Harry awakes again, like moments later, he's like browning out basically from the pain. Um, Lockhart is standing there and Harry. What is browning out? Is that like you're, you almost shit your pants? Oh, interesting. Um, I guess my friends and I are just alcoholics, but it's like when <laughs> you black out, but not consistently, it's like an in and out type situation. You've, you've got moments oh, of clarity. Okay. So it's not quite black. That's the brown. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Browning out. I, I, you know what? Before I started drinking a lot, I thought it was about shitting yourself, dude. Yeah. I was like, browning out. Is that like prairie dog it or what's the. <laughs> It's what happens after you prairie dog for too long. You brown out. <laughs> I gotta go home. I think I'm browning out. Oh, God. <laughs> I, acted a, I acted too much a werewolf. Wait, and don't they also have graying out, which is if you're on a roller coaster and the G-force is too much, you Whoa. can gray out, which is not fully blacking out, but it's is that like, real? It's like a That's happened rush. to me. That's happened it's to a, me. It's a real thing. You lose thing. your vision. Yeah. Oh. You can, it's like almost like you're past, It's like very close to passing out and you kind of go unresponsive but then you like pop back in so you don't fully black out see this is awesome i hate roller coasters no 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 that doesn't happen to most people okay hate roller coasters is that like the same kind of feeling as when you like stand up too fast it's like that except it's like jerkier because you it's literally just like a moment of like basically your brain doesn't get the blood it needs for like a second Yeah, it, it's the so, G-forces keep the blood from getting all the way up there. I think, that's somewhat, I think what we're talking about is a kind of similar to also Wylan Out, which is mm. where you watch a, a program on MTV and then like half an hour later, you're like, what was this? I can't remember. And you, you keep <laughs> flipping the channels. Well, in, in the cure for graying out is actually listening to Coldplay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, early Coldplay specifically because you need a rush of blood to the head. 
Oh, I was going to say because then it becomes all yellow and you've solved mm -hmm. your problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a scientist, that can happen. Andrew, is that the name of a Coldplay album? Is that what we're doing? Yes, here? Yes, 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 it yes. is. Yes, that's what we're doing. And we have to also create songs. I caught a snitch for you. <laughs> and it was all yellow. And were her bludgers too. <laughs> okay, I can't play. That's the only Coldplay song I know. What else? What else? Uh, the scientist. Uh, All right. And moving on. <laughs> this is a cold, cold play by Harry for the snitch. Nice. Was that good? Okay. Thank Christina. you. <laughs> okay. But he, he, he passes out and then he wakes up and Lockhart's in his face and Harry says, Oh no, not you. And Lockhart you. says, doesn't know what he's saying. And, but like, no, this is the most lucid moment of Harry's life. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good for him that Lockhart's there to fix you. Shut the fuck up. Okay, so tell me this. Why did Lockhart... Almost no one is there yet. Why did Lockhart, knowing he can't do anything, rush onto the field to take charge of the situation? Like, why does he put himself in these positions constantly? Impulse. He can't, he can't help himself. Yeah, it's like ego. Like, he has to be... He has to swoop in and save the day. Andrew, we lost your video for a second, but there you are, you buddy. You apparated. <laughs> that was I got wild. skills, y'all. <laughs> They're multiplying. So and I'm losing mm. my broom. Ugh. All right. So really, Lockhart, that's our final answer, is that he just, like, acts before thinking. Yeah. Well, I think he, he when it comes to children and it's something that's already happened, he rushes in to be like, I first, like, he's comment section guy, like, first. And then he's mm. like, and then let me help you. If there's actual trouble or like while Harry was falling, he was nowhere to be found. But I think uh, true because he's around people where it's like, I can be, this can be a glorious moment for me. He tries to swoop in and claim that, you know, he did it. Yeah. He probably didn't know that Harry's arm was like actually broken until he got there. Maybe he thought he was just going to be like, you did it. You won. I'm in charge. But honestly, it's pretty <laughs> impressive that he took all the bones out of his arm. Like that has to be a, that has to be a way more <laughs> intricate spell than like mending bones. Oh, yeah. One of the calling cards of Lockhart is I've got a little bit of knowledge, but no practical use for it. Mm -hmm. And so I think he probably like thought I can steal this moment from the kid that just won the actual match with a broken bone by showing up. And I know this charm that'll do it. And of course, the reality is the charm probably wouldn't have done anything if it had worked right. And of course, he's never actually done it. So it doesn't work right. And but that's is, who he is. If this is still a stand in for puberty, we need that father like figure to burst in the door and say, what's going on here? And be like, <laughs> <laughs> and it immediately takes all of your bones away again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your bone will definitely go away if you're interrupted. That's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's for damn sure. So Colin Creevy's taking pictures. Harry can hear the clicking and is like, Colin, please stop. And then and then it is happens. It, is it fun if I say click, 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 broom? <laughs> is that fun? I didn't get that one, but yeah, yeah. it was fun. I guess, he, I guess, I guess not all of us are uh, front row at POD every time they come through town. Oh, oh my man. God. Okay. All right. You had, I needed further context. Yeah. I was thinking more like saliva, which is just click, click, broom. <laughs> That is a '90s reference right there. All right, that's that's enough. I'm calling it on the on the broom puns. Okay, so then, so then Lockhart, he, I mean, he does it. He does mm. the thing. He deflates Harry's arm. Um, what about um, broom, 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 broom? 
I'd rather a hospital room. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke, that took you a my couple minutes, back. and it was worth it. <laughs> oh, that's the song. That's like the waiting music I play when I'm waiting for people to get on my Zoom happy hours because it's like Zoom, 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 Zoom. 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 I want, I want you in my, in my Zoom. Room. Okay, but in all seriousness, Harry's arm becomes quote a thick flesh colored rubber. Okay, that's hard. Quote a thick flesh colored rubber glove. Disgusting. And Lockhart doubles down. He's like, uh, note though that the pain <laughs> is gone. Yeah, honestly, he's on to something. <laughs> it's like it's like when you like I don't know the healer. It's like when you like have a you like you know bump your elbow or something, and someone's like, oh, let me make it go away, and they like hit you. And it's oh, the like, major mm. pain, the major pain yeah. uh, method. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is like. Finger. This is like when you get into a mild argument with someone and then they're just like, fine, I guess I'll never go to the mall ever again if that's how you feel. And it's like, okay, well, that's obviously not the solution. You know how you sob for hours? (laughs) (laughs) Christina, just another unrelatable moment from Christina. (laughs) You know when your brother's playing uh, T-ball and... uh, And then the T-birds come up and try to race you for broom pinks. (laughs) And then a a hickey from Kaniki's like a Hallmark Canimbus. (laughs) And all of a sudden the Jets and the Sharks are there too. Guys, this is very serious. Harry is very seriously injured. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Let's let the gravitas sink in. Okay, we're ready. (laughs) They go to the hospital wing, and Madame Pomfrey is fucking pissed, okay? She's always mad. Yeah, but she's she's extra mad. Can we just agree that that is the most righteous anger that we will ever see in this book is oh yeah madame pomfrey is the nurse at a school and the bullshit she has to like fix and mend like she obviously at a school of unregulated child magic yeah she obviously (laughs) took the job thinking like i mean it's a school like i'm gonna have some emergencies but it's not like i'm in saint mungo's and then this fucker shows up and year after year just gets these horrible injuries i'd be pissed too well, here's the thing. If she took the job to help Troden, then she should f- be very fulfilled. And I feel <laughs> like she should stop complaining. And it sounds like what she's really mad at is that there's not a Mr. Pomfrey. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Madam Pomfrey. Mr. Maybe Madam if we Pomfrey. paid our school nurses fairly, then. Wow. Mm-hmm. I just, I always just feel like when I'm like, why is ex staff member at Hogwarts? Like Filch for ex- is a good example. Um, I always just think it's because Dumbledore knows a lot of people and just like people want to work for with him. No, the reality is Christina. And this is, I've looked this up cause I've researched it. The reality is in all of England, there are 18 magical teachers. Okay, so, oh, hey, guess what? You're fucking terrible at your job. You've killed a few kids. We still have a spot for you. Because well, our actually, hands are tied. It, well, it is actually established. Like, there's no certification process to be a, a magical teacher. You literally just decide, I want to do this. And mm-hmm. a very old man goes, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Plus, we've heard some of his hiring practices, and it tends to be very veiled like hey if you come and work for me there's going to be this side bonus so in some ways Dumbledore's kind of hustling his teachers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely oh man yeah I'm thinking about Madame Trelawney who got hired because she made one fluke prediction that Dumbledore bore witness to and it's like but maybe that's because he just didn't give a shit about divination anyway because it's fake magic yeah I bet Dumbledore's like at a bar and someone's like 
the next card you're going to pull is like a, an ace, and an ace comes up in like three cards in Dumbledore. It's like, close enough, you're teaching defense against the dark arts. Like, <laughs> Yo, liter- literally. That's How literally did you do so that? Also, if you want to know the real reason that Dumbledore hired Lockhart, go ahead and subscribe to our Patreon, because we definitely go over that in the Behind the Bastards uh, spoof episode. Just saying. Well done, Andrew. Look at you. Look at you. Okay, so Madame Pomfrey's fucking mad. She gives Harry the Skelligro, and she's like, you're not going to fucking like it, but here, here it is. It's practice for him taking shots in his future. It doesn't taste good, but you got to do it. You just got to do it. And after he takes it, the Quidditch team shows up, they bring treats, and they're covered in mud, and they're really happy and screaming. Um, And it's like, some like there's a line that's like it looked like they're about to have like a proper fucking party or whatever but madame pomfrey comes over and kicks them out because they're muddy and loud and harry needs to go to sleep but you know what madame pomfrey doesn't do give him painkillers or a sleeping aid okay she's just like this is gonna suck bye i mean we all respect madame pomfrey i'm assuming that she knows that the uh the pain potions would probably have some adverse effect with the skelligro God, and that's why people just need to be okay with smoking weed for painkilling purposes. But seeing and remember, if Halo was here, she'd remind us that the whole reason for that is because every wizard is all about the drama. And if you're going to regrow bones, you don't get to do it drama-free. You gots to have the pain. Well, but the thing is, the thing is that, like, I would accept that as an answer, except for we don't get the pain. He, like, just goes to sleep. And he wakes up and it's, like, prickly. He wakes up and yelps. Doesn't it say he yelps? Because there's a creature on him. At some point he said it feels like splinters in his arm. Okay. Yeah, his arm felt full of large splinters, which sounds awful. I would argue that that is not as bad as I think it should be. (laughs) It sounds awful, or it sounds like the origin story for the Ninja Turtles. Mm. (laughs) It sounds like the way that Skelligro works is not that your your bones slowly start to like regenerate it sounds like they start as small spindly bones at your shoulder joint and then slowly right, but so. surely stake their way down Ugh. your arm growing so to an appropriate it's level kind of like the way that deadpool regrows it starts <laughs> as like a baby thing and it turns into like a bigger thing mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i love that scene when he's talking to his roommate and he's like i don't re- i don't remember ex- but he has the baby hands and he's like let me touch your face or like whatever he says <laughs> It's so good. Uh, okay. Um, so Harry does fall asleep despite the pain, I guess. Um, he wakes in the middle of the night, yelping because there's a creature on him. Dobby is sponging his forehead in the dark. I've never had my forehead sponged. That would also alarm me. Dobby makes me uncomfortable. He's the worst. I'm sorry. I've liked him more in previous readings, but he's ju- maybe it's just Chamber of Secrets. Maybe I'll like him better in Goblet of Fire, but he is just the fucking worst, dude. I mean, his heart is in the right place, and this is a character that grew up literally enslaved by the worst possible family. Like, I know. his idea of helping is going to be fucked up. I guess There's I just, no like, way around that. I guess I just, like, wish he wasn't trying to help. <laughs> I just, like, it makes me uncomfy to think of that bitch, like, writing this chapter. Yeah. And being, like, oh, you know what's going to be really great character development backstory? Rampant abuse. Like, really brutal physical abuse. Every kid wants to read about that. See, and here's where I'm against all three of you. 
I feel like Dobby <laughs> is a great character, and I feel like he's a product of his circumstances, and he uh, he injects chaos where there needs to be chaos. Because the a lot of the wizards, even though we complain about it a little bit, they act somewhat rationally, or they have like an MO, and I feel like Dobby is like magical, but he also has like the, to some degree, like the mental capacity of like a child. So he's like, this is how I help, right? To kill you? Like killing help. <laughs> killing help you go to big sky place. So I feel like we need that we need that chaotic energy at times just to break things up a little bit or to like obviously to forward the plot to some degree. Well he's definitely chaotic good because he shows up yeah. and he does what in his mind is like, this is going to help you. But yeah. of course in reality it's like this is so fucked up. He's like animal in the Muppets. Like Yeah. The other Muppets can speak and like they have, you know, personalities and they're like, oh, yes, thank you so much for this. And then Animal's just like, <laughs> whatever, whatever he does. I think it's funny, too, because I really think that Derp, Derp, Derp? <laughs> Ooh, Dobby serves. Derpy? All right. We, you see how Derp I got to that mistake? Dobby Speaking serves. of Muppets, you turn into the Swedish Sherf. <laughs> <laughs> Dobby serves as a distraction. Dobby's like the red herring from Harry believing that Draco Malfoy is the one who's doing all this terrible stuff. But the crazy part is that Dobby is like the evidence that Draco is doing this stuff. But like the whole book, you're like, well, this crazy fucker, who, where is he coming from? What's that about? And it's like, it, it was supporting Harry's thesis the whole time, but he just like, doesn't have any way of knowing until the end. A really wild, uh, I guess this is pretty tame, actually. A pretty tame, a pretty tame fact about my first experience reading the books, because I read the books uh, when I was maybe a freshman in college. I read the first couple. Nice. Uh, kind of catching up. Um, is that I had just read and then seen the Lord of the Rings movies. So oh. in my head, uh, Dobby was a one for one of Gollum. So anytime they talked about, like, I had all the characters in my head of like, here's what they look like, I think. And then with Dobby, it was just like, absolutely just Gollum from the movies like put in there and it was such a weird experience to just be like yeah there's Gollum being weird <laughs> i get that because they definitely wait now i'm like i was about to say they definitely talk about his giant eyeballs and now i'm like wait is that actually just Gollum from lord of the rings and i'm misremembering it do they, they mention his giant eyeballs his and the giant is a ring his <laughs> giant uh uh was it beetle black eyes or black beetle eyes or whatever no, they, they definitely, uh, the first time that Harry meets Dobby, they definitely refer to him having giant, almost okay. tennis ball-sized eyes. All right, and cool. They're Harry staring at him from the bush. Yeah. Yes. Har Harry is definitely his precious, so that's a really apt comparison for sure. All right, cool, cool. We're here for it. I mean, and definitely just like the speaking speech patterns. It's like, bro, <laughs> you it, haven't talked to a real really person in a long time. <laughs> It is really important to note that, and I think this is just like one of the cool moments of like, we're starting to get a world around Harry Potter um, of Dobby talking about the fact that after, you know, who had been defeated, the treatment of house elves overall got a lot better because there was, there wasn't this like guiding influence of like wizard kind being essentially a master race. Right. Yeah. yeah we definitely get a lot of backstory. Um, like a lot of, world building about the house elves in particular from Dobby in this chapter. We learn about the whole like clothing rule, which is an important plot point later. And then we, we learn that Dobby not only sent the bludger after Harry, but also is what prevented him from getting on the Hogwarts express and Harry gets mad. I mean, duh. Like I, I mean, I would have throttled that kid like fuck that. Um, 
I can't believe that. And then, so then Dobby like mentions the chamber of secrets, but he like can't see anymore. He starts like punishing himself. And it's like, it's actually like really spiraling when they hear footsteps outside in the hallway and Dobby cracks and disappears. Um, and Harry pretends to be asleep when the teachers come in, um, carrying a petrified Colin Creevy. So it's McGonagall, Dumbledore, and they go to fetch, fetch Madame Pomfrey. And yeah, Colin Creevy has been petrified. Um, by the basilisk we don't know that yet and it's because he saw the basilisk through his camera if anyone deserved to get basiliskized it's this motherfucker oh like, yeah <laughs> just from the beginning of his introduction in this book it's just like how annoying can we make this kid yeah let's make him a kid brother who's just always around and also a pervert yeah. Colin Creevy is the worst. Well, don't worry. Colin? It's only five books until he dies. So, oh, 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 I don't want him to die. I oh. just want him to get scared and petrified. Five books? Why oh, can't what? it be three? <laughs> can we, we do, can we can somebody do like a mock Cosmo cover? Like we talked about Cosmo Paulton. Can we do one that's like seven ways to let your man in your chamber of secrets? Like stuff like that. <laughs> cover cover shoot by Colin Creevy. I can do this. I recently learned Photoshop. Mm-hmm. A Colin Creevy boudoir shoot would no. be the most uncomfortable experience. No. Oh my, I guess, like, take off your panties or whatever. Yeah, you know, just, like, get comfortable, get really comfortable. I'm just going to keep going. Right, quick. <laughs> to get into this chamber, Wait, so, you have to speak fluent parcel tongue. So, so he's, a, he's the photographer is what you're saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that we, we bad? Are minors of- allowed to shoot boudoir? We're assuming an adult Colin Creevy. Yeah, okay, Christina, okay. My- there is no adult Colin Creevy. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Just whatever that. We, we um, are kind of all brushing over one thing, though, which is that it specifically says that Dumbledore was carrying him in, which we know Wingardium Leviosa. Why the fuck are you carrying him in? They panicked. No time! <laughs> Also, I noticed, I like, this is just like a small detail, but I noticed that, like, McGonagall says, I shudder to think if Albus hadn't been on the way downstairs for hot chocolate, who knows what might have dot, dot, dot. And then, but then also, Dumbledore says Minerva found him on the stairs. So who found him? Also, what did Dumbledore prevent happening? Yeah, like, I don't, like, I shudder to think. I think McGonagall found him and then was like, what do I do? But that doesn't make any sense for her character. And then, like, Dumbledore shows up. Thank God I shudder to think what, what, what I would have done if left my own devices with my many magical spells. They also, don't really, they also don't really talk about, they kind of sweep under the rug, that hot chocolate is the, um, the school blowjob ghost. That's the ghost. <laughs> That's the ghost that just loves to give blowjobs. And so everyone's like, hey, I'm going to sneak downstairs for some hot chocolate. And then, you know. Everyone knows what that means. Oh, yeah. Oh, where the fuck are we? Okay, so, so yeah. They're like, did he get a picture of his attacker? The answer is no, because it melted the film. And and that is it. And everyone's like, what? Who? How? Yeah, I wrote down the question is not who, but how. But, like, I would say both probably are good questions. But, like, how who is, is obvious because parcel tongue. Do they not know? But also the question is when. So who and how and when? <laughs> but also why? Why, why indeed? Well, Wherefore? Sometimes, sometimes why. Sometimes why. All right. There, there All is right. one fun little detail here that I've been thinking about on this reread, which is that 
that bitch kind of fucked up her own narrative in a very major way because this basilisk is apparently going through the pipes, right? Through the plumbing. Yes. But she also specifically said that it was only like within the last few hundred years that Hogwarts got plumbing, really? which means that there was someone who was installing the plumbing that got to the chamber of secrets and was like, that's a big snake bit the pipe. Let's move on. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> Because there aren't pipes in the Chamber of Secrets. That's why you got to done open it. But then, like, what if it, how big, how thin is the basilisk if it can, like, go out and then go through a toilet? Like, that's, that's a very small pipe. Like, it's got to be Snakes big are pipes. Stretchity. <laughs> uh, and I, and I do think that pipes are bigger than you think they are. Not in your home, but in a school. Like have I've you ever- seen school U-bends. They are not that big. Uh, but have- I'm, I'm not a host of this podcast. I, I wish I was, but I'm not a <laughs> uh, official host. But can I please suggest that your next t-shirt be pipes aren't as small as you think they are? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> or whatever that was, pipes aren't as big Pipe- as you think they are? <laughs> so I'll put in the formal request. Okay, but have you ever seen people laying pipe in the middle of the street? They're bigger yeah. than you think they are. That it's like that a Beatles song, song, right? Yeah, Why don't we do it in the road? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, I mean, the whole Basilisk thing, there's so many... Issues? Flaws with that, yeah. Like, deeply. Also, just the fact that Hogwarts got so damn lucky with everybody getting petrified... Yeah, what if someone they're they're like they're like, well, let's just wait to call it until someone gets proper murdered. Well, this time everyone got petrified. Last time someone just got killed. Well, it's petrifying. You better shape up boop 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 (laughs) because there's basilisk be And that's a great great place on the And he'll kill the chicken. I'm so sorry, Christina, I have ten more minutes. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Don't run the light. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Um, The basilisk moving through the entire school, because at some point it's got to come out of the pipes, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. that is accurate. And then it's chilling around the hallways, right? Mm -hmm. The basilisk is not a directed creature, is it? Is it because it's not given instructions? It's just kind of set loose. It's got amazing restraint for an animal that wants to kill people to be like, ah, damn it, was trying to kill him, petrified him instead, guess I gotta go back to my hole. Yeah, we- can't bite him and also always happen to get a muggle-born person. We did talk on last week's episode about what the Basilisk's true intentions really are, and one of our theories was that the Basilisk is just trying to, like, maneuver a body into the chamber so that tom riddle the horcrux can manifest itself in the host so it's not actually trying to kill anyone it's just trying to get someone into the chamber but it's a snake so it's having a hard time (laughs) guys any more talk about snakes we're gonna have to change the name to the constrictor section (laughs) (laughs) well um (laughs) don't poison us like that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm calling it. 
Any final <laughs> words about this chapter, gang, before we get into plugs and stuff? No, my last name is Creepy. I'm calling it. Uh, click, click, click. <laughs> oh, cool. uh, what else? What else? What girl? Menace. Is your brother Dennis? What else? It can't groan any harder, okay? What else? <laughs> Honestly, for, for a Quidditch chapter, this wasn't awful because the Quidditch was limited. <laughs> oh, Quidditch. Oh, Quidditch. I don't ever. Hey, what's with this? Here's the thing. I want to be on the. I I love being on the show, yes. Christina. I've told you this before. This is like my favorite thing to guest on. But yes. I will never be on another episode unless it's about Quidditch. I, Wait, I that's not fair because there's like three only, whole years they don't even do Quidditch. I only want to be on Quidditch chapter. <laughs> so so in the third book, you're going to be on our episode where the Dementors take the field. On mm-hmm, the fourth mm-hmm. episode, you're going to be at the Quidditch World Cup in the. Fourth- uh? I will uh, write year. fan fiction just to make sure I'm I'm on an episode, <laughs> <laughs> and we will declare it canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, it's because that bitch does not write action well, like as a whole. But the benefit of this entire chapter is that we get. I mean, we start with just like pure silliness. We end with rampant abuse, and then like we get the like only in Chamber of Secrets really do we get these chapter endings that are essentially just like a dun dun dun. Like yeah, they just drop like little hints and like crumbs in every chapter where it's like, what happens next? Dumbledore is basically Columbo. He's <laughs> like, ah, oh, just one more thing. <laughs> Who did this? And also, how though? Yeah. <laughs> Dumbledore, okay. Dumbledore is Gandalf. Uh, Hagrid is basically Gimli. Harry Potter's Bilbo. The troll is the troll. What <laughs> Dobby, is, Dobby is Gollum. I don't know if we have a Legolas. I don't like that Gandalf is Dumbledore. Gandalf is much cooler. And I'll say that here on my Harry Potter podcast. Okay, uh, Dumbledore is shitty Gandalf. Shitty, <laughs> yes. educa- shitty educational Gandalf. Yeah. Okay, Legolas. Um, wait, but maybe like Cedric Diggory. I was okay. thinking Cedric yeah. Diggory. I was just like Kingsley. No, because Kingsley is humble as hell. Legolas is kind of like mm-hmm, I'm just a little bit. I almost think Hermione is Legolas Serious? actually. Well, okay. All yeah. elves are Ravenclaws. Okay. And it's just um, like it's like she's not trying to brag. Legolas is not trying to brag. He's just like, oh, you guys need to sleep. I'm just going to go walk with the trees. And Hermione's like, oh, <laughs> you guys only got an 85% on that quiz. Weird. I got 110. Would Tonks be either Merry or Pippin? Yes, both. She's both. <laughs> <laughs> Morphs back and forth. I'm trying to figure out who Malfoy would be. And I'm like, trying. I'm like, tempted to say like Denethor. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, Denethor. Okay. Nice. And. Neville is Bill the Pony. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> we did yeah, it. Yeah, Ring Wraiths are obviously the um, old what's her names? The old what's her names? The, Demen- the, the mentors. The, the mentors. mentors. Wraiths, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, ha- Hagrid's always saying, and my axe. So that's a one to one. Wait, I think um, Hagrid. Oh, we all would, remember Hagrid saying that. Hagrid would be Tom Bombadil. Mm. Actually, kind of into that. And Except he deserves that- a beautiful wife. Okay, so who's our Gimli? <sighs> this is hard. We need Mary Clay. She Dude. runs Honestly, the Tolkien I about feel podcast. Like, um, I feel like Ron. Why McGonagall? And Not Gimli? McGonagall. She's probably Gimli. I support Ron. I support Very a sprout. Proud. A sprout Gimli. A Professor Sprout Gimli. Ooh, hmm. hey, if you draw that picture, I'll put it on our Instagram. 
she's that sounds like a, awesome. She's a power bitch. She like does what she does. She's like not afraid to get a little dirty. She's mm-hmm. like into like caves and earth and she's like mm-hmm. about it. And then at the end when shit's going down, she doesn't necessarily participate in a lot of this stuff, but she like comes through at the end to pull people out of piles. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm here for it. I did All right. It. That's it. Right. We did it. <laughs> Four Yay. more hours. Four <laughs> hours. <laughs> all right, all right. No, I'm calling it. I'm calling Creevy it just to steal your joke from earlier. Let's um get into some plugs. Andrew, would you like to start? Sure. I uh I have been watching season two of The Boys, and that show never ceases to amaze me with how ridiculously accurate it seems it portrays the idea of superheroes being real. Because I'm sorry, but you can't have the incredible powers of Superman and actually be like a humble, good person. There's no way. And so season two is out now. They have three episodes out. It is fantastic. Horribly bloody, horribly like do not show it to a kid, but it's a fantastic show. If you want something to just put on and be like, fuck. (laughs) Hell yeah. Brooke, how about you? Um, so I know we mentioned this on our Instagram, but, um, unfortunately we lost my dog tank this week. Um, our beautiful little one eyed pug and, uh, it was just in advance of his 14th birthday. So we are currently asking anyone who is able to donate $14 in his honor to mid Atlantic pug rescue. It's where we got him from. They accept all pugs, regardless of medical condition or age, get them fixed up and find them forever homes. Um, they gave us the best damn tanky boy you ever did see. And, uh, so mm-hmm. if you are able, you can go to their website, mid Atlantic pug slash donations to donate $14 in tanks name. Um, if you don't want to type that out on your own, you can go to my Instagram. You can find me at Passion for Parks, and the link is in my bio. And it will also be in the show notes. Brooke, I'm so sorry for your loss. That's terrible. Yes, thanks. It's been um, it's been tough. Uh, he was a exceptional dog with a whole lot of personality. Yeah, a big, big, big personality and a tiny, tiny one-eyed dog. Wands up for tonk or for tank. <laughs> all talks. God, Andrew, you tried to do one good thing. <laughs> the one positive contribution I try and make all episode long, and I fucking well, stumble it. Well, out. Grandpa, rest in peace. Uh, there's no wrong way to. There's no wrong way to rest in peace. Ah, uh, fuck. Uh. Fuck. Okay, Tank. With the French French pronunciation is Tonks. Tonks. That's what I was going for. Exactly. <laughs> As my French penis would say, tonk, <laughs> as it's eating a little tiny baguette. <laughs> my penis al- is always holding a tiny bag of groceries with a baguette peeking out. <laughs> I put a striped condom on it so that it, it looks more French. <laughs> and a jaunty beret. And a jaunty beret. Okay, when my husband and I did go to Paris, though, we were like, wow, there are so many hot women just carrying baguettes. Like, what the fuck? This is like, don't you know that this is like a French stereotype? Just walking around Paris carrying baguettes, looking cute as hell. If you can do it, do it. Like, <laughs> why not? If you got it, plant it. I once tried to do a two-person vaudeville act with a giant baguette. I called it Baguette and Castello. <laughs> um, and I'd be, I'd be like, who's on first? And the baguette wouldn't say anything. So, <laughs> so we got booed off stage. But you can't, uh, you know, you can't succeed unless you try. Well, I mean, you should have known that the bread would have just loafed around. Of course, of course. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> Tina, what are your plugs? No, it's, <laughs> Ad- it's, it's Adelstern. 
<laughs> okay. Um, please check out Baggett and Costello. We're going to be doing a <laughs> reunion show at the Portage Theater in Chicago. Um, also, I want everyone to check out a little indie movie I stumbled upon. It's called The Restricted Section Patreon. Please check that out, please. Um, and also check out the podcast I do. It's called uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern. And I also have another one called Hey Riddle Riddle. So please check those two shows out. And if you don't want to check those out, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Did you want to plug any like books you've been reading or shows or anything? Oh, yeah. I watched um, a really good show called Love on the Spectrum on Netflix. Uh, that's that's pretty fantastic. And now I can't. And now I've been walking around the house speaking in an Australian accent for the last two weeks. Ah, it happens. It happens to the best of us. So as always, I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at Ya Girl of the World. You can follow me on Twitter at Tina Fontina. And this week I'm going to plug, oh God, I never know until I start to say it. I'm going to plug the Umbrella Academy. I've plugged it before. Mm. I'll plug it again. The last time I plugged it, I was only a couple episodes in and I was like, I was trying to wait to plug this until I finished the whole two series, but I love it so much. I'm going to plug it now. Here's my follow-up plug. Can confirm the whole first two seasons are incredible. And I think they're probably going to do a third season, which is good because it ends on a cliffhanger. It is the same kind of thing, um, Andrew, that I think you were talking about, where it really subverts the su superhero narrative. And it's like all these people are superheroes, but they're also like deeply, deeply flawed, sometimes terrible human beings who maybe cause the apocalypse and then also have to save the world from the apocalypse that they created. That's on Netflix. Your own mess. <laughs> yeah, clean up your own mess. Yeah, that's. And you know, what? I mentioned that I've been watching Cora lately too, and that happens in like the first episode where she accidentally destroys like a whole block, and then is like, "I beat up the bad guys," and the police are like, "Okay, but there's like a lot of property damage here too." <laughs> so, and just to remind you guys, you can find us on Patreon.com/slash The Restricted Section. Our next bonus episode is going to be Behind the Magical Bastards. Hosted by Andrew and about Gilroy Lockhart. We have a couple other really awesome bonus episodes planned there as well. Any last words, anyone? Adel, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is truly the, the most fun anytime I get to be on. So please have me back. But again, caveat, it has to be it has to be Quidditch chapter. Has you to can, be Quidditch. You can John, also have me on a chapter haven't... with no Quidditch and I'll inject Quidditch. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, everyone. That's the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us out. And uh, until then, keep acting a werewolf. Is that okay that I did the outro? <laughs> The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Technical support from Sean Watson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at restrictedsectionpod or shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. Thank you all so much for having me. Truly, this yeah. is... Yeah! I'm sorry that it, it always runs so long. I've been trying for 10 months or however long it's been to figure out how to not have the recordings gone for an hour and a half. And when I figure it out, I will let you know. Well, one, I'm a little pissed because uh, I have such a big, busy schedule right now. I had so much TV <laughs> that I could have been watching. <laughs> and then two, uh, honestly, I guess if... if uh, and and I'm, I'm obviously a, a podcaster and um, you can take or leave this advice... My okay. number one advice to make it a little bit shorter would be to stop having me interrupt you. <laughs> so honestly, I, I feel like that would be the most professional thing to do. <laughs> don't do that. If you don't want to do that, that's pretty unprofessional of you. Um, but I, you know, well, I, well, it's your show. It's your show is all I want to say. <laughs>
<laughs> but if you don't stop me from interrupting you to do bits, then um, that's on you. <laughs>